This is Analog Spectrum. Some things need to be said, but not by these guys. All right, hello everybody. Uh, this is uh, this is Tony of Analog Spectrum, and I'm Doug. It's good to be with you today. We're we're kind of picking up where we Jeez, left what off. What are you, Mister Rogers? Where's this coming from? All right, let's start again. Ready? <laughs> no, no, yeah, just keep it going. No, nah, we're gonna do it again. Yeah, you got a lovely audience. Thank yeah, you. so Thank you I don't know. I'm, I'm distracted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's spin this up. <laughs> We're leaving that episode number eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with the creepy intro. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to leave that shit. We're, too t- funny. We're totally leaving it. All right, all right. Yeah. So this is Tony. <laughs> yeah, that's better. And I'm Doug. Hey. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Just to kind of explain uh, when we were originally setting up these uh, podcasts, talking about putting them together. Uh, and one thing that Doug and I like to do is uh, share movies or films, TV shows, whatever, and and we hand it off and say, hey, don't watch the trailer, uh, don't do any research, just watch it, see what you think, and then mm. when we get back together again, we'll discuss. And uh, and while you know that we, we're kind of sort of doing that with a few of these things, we did it with Maverick, which was our first podcast. Uh, admittedly, this is a little bit of an older movie, uh, but. Uh, but we were kind of doing the same thing. With yeah, this. but so to be fair here, I had not seen very many trailers for this at all. Okay. So I didn't know much about it before I started watching it. So. And, and uh, so just some background, uh, and I, I know this goes without saying, this movie was originally produced or, or released in 19, or excuse me, uh, 2019. And uh, I know this goes, again, without saying, but uh, spoilers. So if you haven't seen yeah. it, we're going to talk about it, okay? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to dig into it a little bit. Uh, you've been warned. Yeah. Uh, Doug and I both are big fans of Quentin Tarantino. Mm. And uh, we, uh, matter of fact, probably one of the things, of many things that we kind of bonded over originally uh, was was Reservoir Dogs. Because we, uh, uh, I, I would say in the late 80s and early 90s was kind of a heyday of independent film where mm-hmm. lots of people were releasing things. That, yeah, they even that, came out with our own channel, right? That's where IFC came from. Yeah, yeah. And and, and uh, regrettably, that's kind of gone away. Yeah. But uh, but Reservoir Dogs was one of the first uh, first movies that 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 probably it wasn't we didn't think it think it through like we do now but i think i gave it to doug saying hey you need to check this out yeah no doubt and he got back to we got back together after he'd watched it he was like dude you know <laughs> what the, what, what the, the hell? hell was that you know and <laughs> yeah. and uh you know that that was like the you know the jello was starting to form now yeah. you know yeah. uh so anyway so tarantino obviously is a very uh you know very uh individual unique individual in hollywood mm. we live in a world uh, obviously, we every we all have our opinions on this, but it's a corporate Hollywood right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's about the Marvel universe and mm-hmm. and uh, you know kind of cookbook uh, uh, recipe to make a good movie. There's very few independent properties. Can I jump in right there? Of course. I think Hollywood's always been that way. I really do. Yeah, yeah. And this is what one of the things that makes some of these older movies really good right. is because Hollywood was always that way, but they still produced good films. And nowadays, uh, there's elements missing. I think big parts of that is the the talent of the actors and actresses. I mean, uh, talent. I mean, I sound like an old fart now, but you know, the 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 old old back in the old days. um, You know, these people could sing, they could dance, they could act, they they did a multitude of things. And now they're just a bunch of prima donnas that are overpaid. You know, with the exception of a few, obviously. There's there's still a few movie stars out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I would. I would add to that that I will think that Hollywood clearly was always interested in the profit margin. Yeah, they always absolutely. wanted to make yeah. money, yeah. right? But now, for lots of different reasons, uh, Hollywood today is uh, is uh, is what it is. Sure, we like people like fast food. People like like garbage. You know, people people will you know eat what you serve them mm-hmm. when it comes to Hollywood. I like the Avengers. I went and saw it. I, mm. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, uh, Iron Man. It was just swell. Okay, mm-hmm. but, uh, but it was swell. But folks. but with that said, there there are movies, you know that that uh, two things that that have come out like 
like I, I think in one of the earlier podcasts, I talk about the Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, and and I feel the same way a lot of the critics of the Star Wars, the newer Star Wars, Star Wars movies feel, especially the Last Jedi, and that that they. You know, they were like, well, we're going to subvert expectations. Well, you can't subvert expectations just for the sake of subverting expectations. Yeah. A matter of fact, I would even say the movie we're going to talk about today clearly subverts expectations. That's mm-hmm. the whole, that's one thing that Tarantino did. But in my opinion, not to get, not to put the cart before the horse, he did it in a way where I'm like, I, I can respect what he did, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but what with Ron Johnson did with, uh, with uh, Star Wars and the second Star Wars movie uh, of, of, the, of the sequels, you know, it just left a really bad taste in my mouth. Mm. Uh, but anyway, I, I think what drives Hollywood nowadays is uh, is something that they didn't have back, you know, in when yeah, this movie 30s, took 40s, place. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was the, you know you got these algorithmic equations where they can look mm. and say, okay, well, you know, the the uh, the eighteen to twenty nine demographic, you know, living in the Midwest, blah, blah, blah. They like it when you do this. Mm-hmm. And also there is kind of this drive to inject certain things in the movies where you're like you're like, I don't know if this makes the movie any better, but mm-hmm. it seems like they're trying to be basically again, there's this checklist that they're trying to yeah. accomplish. But the, well, I remember I remember that from the eighties, right? There was movies like, okay, you had to have a black guy, you had to have a female character. Right. You had to have a white teenager, whatever. You know what I mean? So right. that like this this is it. You have to have these and right. then the, then everything sort of revolved around how do we make that work rather than Let's get the best story or whatever we can, and then find the best well, actors I, or actresses. I think stories. we're seeing that. We're definitely seeing that now. Yeah, we're yeah, seeing. So. I think we're seeing a lot of that, and we're also seeing the repercussions of that being um, sure, but kind of shoved it, down our throat for twenty or thirty years. But it, so. and, and it does sell to a certain extent. Not yeah, always. Yeah, not yeah. always. Mm-hmm. No, you not know, true. But, yeah. uh, but the other thing to remember, though, it's like you know the 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 world market mm-hmm. is is who they're making movies for, right? And boy, there's big money. Dangerous and, money, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is no, true. Well, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood okay. was not released in China. Yeah, because he would because Tarantino would not change the uh, Bruce Lee scene. Okay, so okay. so he was like, I'm not going to do that. You know, they were like, you need to delete the Bruce Lee scene in this movie. And he's like, I will not. Mm-hmm. So, I, and Tarantino has done things that I do not respect, mm-hmm. and he's done things that I respect. I respect that. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So so uh, uh, we're. Uh, as always, yeah, way <laughs> off topic. Okay, back to the movie because <laughs> I, clearly I'm passionate about this. But uh, but Tarantino, uh, he he's often said uh, that he uh, that he's going to do ten movies and retire. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is number nine or number ten. Uh, the movies and, and he and he's touched a lot of films. Mm-hmm. Like he wrote True Lies. Mm-hmm. He wrote. Uh, 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 Natural Born Killers, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and he's done like these, these uh, like what was it like that four rooms? I can't remember, but mm-hmm. he's done like you like, do one of the four, yeah. yeah, one of the four. But I don't think those count. But if you really look at his core movies, you have Reservoir Dog, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill Volume One and Two, and I don't know if that's considered to be one movie or two movies. Death Proof, which again I don't know if that's considered part of a part of a uh, uh, anthology or a standalone. Inglorious Bastards, uh, Django Unchained, Hateful Eight, and then Once Upon a Time. So Once Upon a Time, 2019. Before that, Hateful Eight hmm. uh, was was before that. So uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to diverge again real quick. Certainly, um, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, I don't remember the actor's name, but that scene where the where the Germans are searching the uh, the the house. Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Okay. Holy crap. That was one of the coolest scenes in movies right. ever. And and you'll never see a scene like that in, in the Avengers movies. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. that was unbelievably good. And I want to be clear, I'm not beating up on the Avengers movies. I'm just saying yes, th- that you have that. Avengers suck. <laughs> it doesn't suck. Marvel Universe collapsed. It sucks. It's... <laughs> Just say, hey, you remember that? Remember that conversation we had about the police? I'm just saying. Okay, you can beat up on the Avengers if you want. I'm just saying, I, I, I really haven't done much with Phase Four with the Avengers, but or whatever the uh, Marvel Universe. But, uh, but I thought all the stuff leading up to it, it was just fine. It was okay, fine. Okay, it, okay. Totally was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Okay, once upon a time in Hollywood. How about that? Oh wait, wait. Okay, okay yeah. so, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he's, Doug's been doing shots of vodka since it's seven o'clock this morning. No, he and it's only no, eight. He, doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't even drink. So uh, and it's only the, uh, eight. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but again, uh, Tarantino was supposed to do 
10 movies and then retire. I don't know if this is the ninth or the 10th. It's hard to find a lot online about it, but it uh, depends on how you count them, I guess. Uh, regarding the movie, uh, you know, it's kind of the typical cadre of interesting actors in a Tarantino, uh, Tarantino movie. He has both A-list actors, and uh, there's actors in there that make you kind of go, huh, mm-hmm. I forgot that that, guy, that person mm-hmm. was an actor, you know, and, <laughs> and what happened to them? So uh, uh, regarding the actual characters, uh, Tarantino in this movie uh, mixes real uh, real life individuals from the 60s and this movie takes place in 1969 mm-hmm. and he also mixes in these fictional characters uh the story or plot uh which uh, kind of loosely follows kind of a three-act structure uh pretty much follows an actor played by matt damon and uh, not Matt damon uh, leonardo, Dam- Le- yeah. leonardo 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 Di- i don't know why i typed that yeah uh, leonardo dicaprio sorry Sorry about that. Sorry, uh, Matt. Leonardo, Sorry, Leo. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're kind of the same person. Anyway, not, not really. Not really, no. Sorry. Uh, so Leonardo DiCaprio, he plays Rick Dalton, uh, who at one point had a lot of TV fame, uh, but is now becoming less relevant in Hollywood. And he really does struggle with that. And we are also introduced to his like stunt double, uh, and that's Brad Pitt in the movie. And he plays Cliff Booth, uh, who is also a friend and kind of a... Uh, assistant uh, and drives him around everywhere because because Rick had lost his license uh, because of DUIs. And uh, anyway, uh, as Tarantino does uh, with these two guys, life happens and we observe. That's kind of that's kind of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's set in 1969, Los Angeles. Uh, so and uh, and that that's a character unto itself. And this movie is 1969 uh, mm-hmm. uh, Hollywood. Uh, and Rick Dalton starred in a, a, a TV show called Bounty Law, which didn't really exist. Mm, sort of like the Bonanza type. Yeah, TV Bonanza show. and uh, Maverick. Yeah, the, the, the Rifleman. Show. Yeah, Rifleman, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, so, so yeah, so uh, why don't we stop right there for a second and uh, you tell me how you felt about it and I'll tell you how I felt about it and then we'll kind of pick it apart. All right. Um, loved it and hated it. Okay. Um, let's start with the highlights. Okay. Uh, Brad Pitt, freaking sensational. Right. Um, man, the only movie that I can think of that I liked him any better was um, when he was the Pikey. What was that? Uh, 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 Snatch. Snatch. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was he was better in Snatch, but only by a small amount. Okay. Uh, I yeah. Every scene that guy steals the scene, and right. he didn't have to say anything or do anything. He's like the quintessential movie star. He's very casual in his in the way he works. You and, you know? Know, and, and that's powerful yeah. on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I can't remember where it was in the movie. I think it was early on in the movie. He was just driving around. Right. I think he had just dropped off Dalton, uh, and he was driving around. And, um, yeah, they just had the camera in the passenger seat, and he was driving. And it was just like it was interesting just to watch right. the dude driving, which is weird. Right. But it was good. Um, and then DiCaprio, holy crap, dude. I don't know. Did he win anything for that? I don't know. He should have if he didn't. He was great. I mean, amazing, amazing, right. good, 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 solid acting. And right. I would have to say, because we've seen him in so many other movies, the director has to have something to do with that, right? right. I mean, Tarantino got the most out of that guy <laughs> and it was, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So without question in my mind, those two guys were stellar. Sure. And I will say... Uh, I agree with that. Uh, I uh, the, so so a little a little bit about them, and only through my research, uh, you know, Tarantino, just like with probably with like a lot of his product projects, he he worked on this for years and years and years. He had lots of different ideas, and mm. took a little while before this before we got what we got. He actually wrote a book that's a companion to this. He originally, or one of the original ideas. Uh, was uh, was Kurt Russell's in this movie, mm-hmm. and uh, Kurt Russell uh, had a relationship with a stunt man that was similar to the relationship that uh, that, uh, that these two characters had. They he okay. had a, he had a uh, stunt man that basically he would show up and say, "This is my stunt man." For Death Proof was the movie that that uh, Tarantino was kind of first, and he was like, hmm, "That's an interesting relationship these two have." Mm. So I do agree that uh, that both of these individuals. Uh, you know they, uh, you know uh, Brad Pitt and and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio were just so powerful in it, like like a uh, like with Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, there there, I I just loved the way he approached this this actor, mm-hmm. uh, and and it really made me nostalgic for a time that I never lived in. Like mm-hmm. I would love to have been during this time, uh, I've been been a, a, a twenty year old during this time, mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
And uh, he in what uh, way? Well, be, well, because uh, it, well, it was simple. It was a little simpler time. Uh-huh. Uh, individuals like he, uh, they're, they're, well, both of these individuals are so uh, so well rounded. They're not. They're not. They're. They're not heroes. They're not villains. They seem to run in between. They're very, very human individuals. Very and uh, like like going on with the Brad the uh, the the Brad Pitt uh, character Cliff. Uh, he's he's not a good guy. Mm-hmm. He's not a. I mean, he, he, you know, we can we can debate whether or not he killed his wife. But let's just assume he killed his wife. Okay. Mm-hmm. He you know she was henpecking him. Mm-hmm. She shot. You know, there's that scene where he's got the spear gun pointed right. at her. Yeah, you know, and now she's gone. Yeah, what the yeah. hell else what happened? happened? What uh, else happened? Yeah, uh, yeah that's a little uh, riff yeah. on Natalie Wood, right? Yeah, or something. Yeah, so uh, yeah. so you know, killed his wife. Uh, you know, he doesn't really. You know, he doesn't really. Uh, doesn't take anything from anybody he's he's you know he's very chaotic in the way he approaches life mm-hmm. uh and and uh but and, super confident oh and that's one of the positives so yeah, again he's supremely not, confident he's yeah. not and, and 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 honestly he's looking out for the little guy yeah all the way through the movie that's why he he uh, gets in the in the fight with uh with, with bruce, bruce lee because yeah. he's kind of like that this guy's arrogant he needs yeah. to be taken down a notch mm. and uh and but but the but the the uh uh rick dalton character uh, he approaches acting like a plumber approaches, you know, his job or mm-hmm. something like that, and he wants to be the best at it as possible, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's that scene where he's uh, meeting with uh, Schwartz at in the in the the bar at the beginning, mm-hmm. and you know, he's humbled by the compliments that this guy's paying him. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't even think you can kind of tell the character does, doesn't even feel that he deserves right. such praise for these movies that are kind of B movies, like right, the right. like the Fourteen Fists of McCluskey or something right. like yeah. that. You know, and uh, but but he but he accepts it and, he, and he's glad and uh, and. Uh, and, and I, I'm going to digress just for a second. Anytime I watch a Tarantino movie, I always watch it the first time with a little bit of trepidation. I'm like, what is going to ever mm-hmm. since ever since uh, Pulp Fiction? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, you're like, what? What? Okay, yeah. Let me buckle my seatbelt here. Yeah, something. Bit, yeah. You know, yeah. something may go off, and and, and <laughs> for better time, for yeah. and for better for worse, it never happened. There, yeah. Well, it does. It does in this yeah. movie, but but there's lots of moments where you're like waiting for the gimp to yeah, come yeah, out, yeah, and yeah. it doesn't. You know, and you're like <laughs> you're like, oh okay, but uh, but then you watch it again, and, and then you start watching it to kind of be like, well, what did he do here? What did he do here? What did he do here? Right. You know. So, so, and and I, and I noticed this like the second or third time, like Rick, like Rick Dalton's got a stutter. He's actually got a stutter, and mm-hmm. and that that just occasionally pops up. But when he's acting, you know, that's he suppresses that. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I talked about that one scene briefly where he does that like that long scene with Timothy Oliphant, mm-hmm. and then he go, you know, and it's a long scene, mm-hmm. like no cut. And then suddenly he like loses, you know, loses his line, and and he and he goes into his trailer. Yeah, he's all pissed off at himself. And, yeah, and he's he's so angry. He's like talking about wanting to kill himself because mm-hmm. he had made that mistake, you know, because because his craft wasn't perfect. And and I remember watching that, and and afterwards thinking, oh my god, if TV westerns were that good. Back then, mm-hmm. I need to start watching TV westerns from the fifties and sixties. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't. Yeah, I know. Well, even the scene with the little girl yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So that to me, that scene like was because it was you know because he does that scene with Luke Perry. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's not familiar, there's a scene where where first and just to kind of explain, he he doesn't. Uh, uh, he's in this I, a show called Lancer, which is not again not a real show. Oh, I hate to do this. Uh, before we get too far along, I just said that Lancer was not a real television show. But shortly after Doug and I recorded this episode, uh, I did find out that yes, Lancer was a real television show, uh, and uh, and so uh, correction issued. I will say this though, if I remember correctly, sometime in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, it was mentioned that. Uh, that the DiCaprio character that he was playing in Lancer, uh, this is supposed to be the pilot, but Lancer was actually a television series between 1968 and 1970, and Once Upon a Time and Hollywood takes place in 1969. So maybe that's where the truth and the fantasy kind of kind of diverge. Anyway, with that said, a correction: Lancer, real television show, and I would definitely like to see it. I think they were doing a pilot, and uh, he's acting with Timothy Oliphant. There's this long scene, and there's lots of like you know, casual racism in it and everything like that, because that's the way it was back then. Mm. The scene is is very well acted, and he forgets one of his lines, and he has to get the get the, them to 
the to, to Q's line, him, yeah. yeah, and 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 then it cuts to him in his trailer, and he's basically you know just telling himself what a piece of shit he is and how he got drunk last night. And that's why his lines are all, uh, you know. And, and and I thought he did a great job. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then there was a, a scene where he, uh, either before or after where he interacts with the child actor, and the child actor is like all about her craft. It was interesting, I mm-hmm. guess. And then uh, and then he has a scene with her. And that was a freaking great scene, like where he's got the gun to the girl's head, and mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. the and uh, mm-hmm. Luke Perry makes some comment like, you know, uh, kidnapping is a hanging offense, and he puts the gun to the little girl's head. He goes, also blowing the brains out of little girls, a, a, a hanging <laughs> offense too. Can't hang me twice. Yeah, can't hang me twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, well, uh, let me let me jump in there and, and yeah. say that um, I'll disagree with you a little bit on the, on the character. Right. Um, I, the way I took it is um, prior to him sitting down. So um, just before this scene that Tony's talking about, where he's where that big long scene where he mm-hmm. forgets the line, um, he's he's walking around the set and he sits down and mm-hmm. um, he sits next to that little girl. Mm-hmm. And um, I think up to that point, what I read into it is that he was an insecure actor and he was not very proud of the work that he had done previously. Um, and then he sat down and talked to this little girl and she said some things to him that, that totally gave him validation for being an mm. actor. And I don't remember exactly what the conversation was, but she was, she was unusually confident in her craft. Right. right? And she was, she was very matter of fact about how important it is to be an actor and how she takes her lines seriously and she studies and all that stuff. And I think it was right after that, that they did that big long scene and, and, and her words were echoing in his head when he was so pissed off at himself. Um, so in in other words, he got a little reality check from that little girl, mm. and then and then he delivered that scene with her was sort of you know the typical stereo, stereotypical Hollywood you know wrapping itself up type of uh, scene. That's how I saw it. I, I could I my, my I don't know I think I don't I think he brought a skill set you know but, yeah, yeah but, for sure yeah, yeah absolutely and, but I'm, I'm and, talking about the self confidence part that, yeah, that, where I, he was at I, I don't and, and if it if it was I think it's more or less that that you know not her you know she didn't specific she didn't uh, intentionally like push his buttons but I think that she was talking to him about the paperback he was reading and it was about an individual that mm-hmm. that had. Uh, is now was now past his prime, and he kind of saw so, himself as yeah. That. So, so to me, that was a little too on the nose. To, sure. That was too obvious. Right. But the, the things that she said about herself, yeah, um, and and how hard she worked, uh, you know, as respect to the other actors and all that kind of stuff, I think that's what hit home to him as as in that character. Yeah, yeah and I, that's what changed him, and that's how yeah. that's how I saw that. Scene. Yeah, but, I I don't know. I thought I thought uh, I don't know. I I, I yeah it. it I'd have, to, I'd, have to go, I'd have to go back and try to watch it through that lens, and, and the reason why is, is I do know like when when she commented to him and said, uh, you know, that's the best acting I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I just think that that like like shocked him. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think yeah, I think so. the reason it shocked him is that he gained an, a, a a great amount of respect for that little kid and her insight and her maturity. Right. What was she nine or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he had the scene with her, mm-hmm. and then he gets a compliment like that from the kid that opened his eyes. Right. It just happens to be a child, you know, but it was like the person that opened, just like a mentor kind huh. of, you know? Yeah. That, that's how I saw it. Because uh, yeah. I tell you what, this is one of the things that, that made me think he did such a good job in this movie. Because up to that point in the movie, I didn't really like that character. Right. I didn't like him. I felt like he was insecure and he was like, sure. oh, such a stereotypical Hollywood, you know, you right. make me feel better kind of guy. And then he went through that and then he was confident from that point forward. And, and <laughs> to sell to sell that... To me, as but, the viewer, was great. Yeah, I, I thought. I mean, it, that that sold me on the fact that, like, okay, this guy's killing it, man. I'd have to go back and watch it. I yeah. think. I think he. I don't know. I think he always. I think he always had a. Uh, I don't know. I looked at it more like he always had this skill set. He, he, you know, I think his conversation with the the girl. I think again. I think it did kind of trigger things with him. And, this, and again, I, this conversation right here, mm. this is kind of why I like Tarantino. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going like, do you think Iron oh, Man? It's not was, simplistic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, do you think Iron Man really didn't like Thor? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so the, uh, <laughs> man, that Thor guy. Yeah, but, he, uh, such an egomaniac. But, uh, but, uh, uh, no, but I think I think that's I think that's a reasonable insight. I think you probably get your guy. Yeah. You know, I have to go back and watch it again, which yeah. I will. So, uh, well, I couldn't see. So, there's another scene. Just a spoiler alert. There's another scene where he goes out and yells at some hippies with a pitcher full of margaritas at midnight. Yeah, he never would have did that prior. Oh, I don't know. I don't man. think so. I don't I think, think he would have done that. I don't know. 
Dude, I think he's. See, I, I think that's the character arc. Uh, I think I think that's. I don't. Uh, Maybe I'll, 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 I'll disagree. Uh, yeah, well, so uh, it's, it's perception, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's because interpretation. I, I again, I I think he is the kind of individual that he had ego in in certain situations. I think he. I think if he was around individuals that 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 were you know his his mentors or individuals that he was subordinate to, he was he was meek. But I but I think there, there's that scene. At the beginning, where him and uh, uh, Cliff are driving out, and there's there's those hippies over to the side of the road, and 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 I want to be Which clear. I want to talk about that. I want to be clear. We, you know, the the hippies may be considered derogatory. That's what this is. This movie is about yeah, it's yeah about the hippies. About yeah. the hippies yeah. yeah, and so he goes like, "God damn, motherfucking hippies!" I don't think he would have had any problem getting but out of the car and freaking yell at those guys. But he didn't. No, but he did not. I mean, yeah, he but just he got, didn't. So yeah. we, that you, that's you know, if, we're if, they, if they had done anything, if they had a noisy, if they had an old noisy Edsel, he would have. He would have. I, I don't know. I don't think. Maybe. I don't think. I don't think that. But anyway, that's my opinion. Okay, let's change direction for a second. Yeah. This is one of the other things I really liked about this movie, mm. and that is it. It seeps Quentin Tarantino mm. in the camera work. And now I don't know. I didn't do any research in terms of who did the camera stuff, right? As compared to any of his other movies, but. And that particular scene, um, just before, so he's, uh, Cliff's driving him around, mm-hmm. uh, and what's on the Cadillac or something? That big, Cadillac. Being a big white Cadillac. Yeah, car, yeah, yeah, it's like a, and, yeah, um, you like know, that. in the seventies, of course, that was the shit. That was the car to have, you know? Right. And, um, 60s. So, yeah, yeah. 60s, that's what I meant. Yeah. So just prior to this, we see, we see the girls dumpster diving, right? They're looking right. for food. So, you know, they're hippies and, and whatever. And so this this big white Cadillac with the movie star in the back rolls up to a stop sign and the hippie girls walk across in the in the crosswalk. And that camera move that, that cuts between the, the viewpoint from in the car watching the hippies cross the crosswalk mm-hmm. to the reverse angle looking at Brad Pitt, you could watch that. And you would know, you guarantee you know that's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. And you and I talked a little bit about that last night. And then I watched something else. Um, oh, I watched that. that um, anyway, I watched something else and I saw a really similar camera move. Mm-hmm. Not even close. Mm-hmm. Not even close. And, and maybe it's a stylistic choice that I particularly like the style, the right. way he did that. But it's so freaking identifiable. And every other camera move, it's just a slide. That's all it is. Right. And I don't know if it's the depth of field that they're using or the, the eye line that they make the actors do. It's perfect every single time Tarantino. And they did it in Pulp Fiction. Right. Uh, I, I don't know how he nails that damn thing every time. Well, and it is so good. Well, that's one thing about Tarantino movies anyway is that uh, you can watch it for the story and you can be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, or... The, the, there's the story and under there is, there's a lot of symbolism mm-hmm. you know like like you know um, Pulp Fiction I watched uh, a video one time where it was like maybe like a 45 minute one hour video where somebody uh, picked apart like the first 15 minutes of Pulp Fiction where where uh, where uh, Travolta and Samuel Jackson go up and shoot those those kids not not even entering the door but even just walking up walking up the, yeah. we should have shotguns for yeah, this kind of yeah yeah and they're talking about the foot rub right yeah. and the way the camera moves and yeah. and and sometimes you wonder if if uh, the person that's analyzing it is projecting you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying mm-hmm. but the other thing is but I, I don't know because Tarantino does things you yeah. know you but know? something makes it that freaking good yeah what is it. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Like yeah. I know, I know a lot well, about the technical side with, of that with, stuff and with, how they make those things. But right. I, I can't. It's magic, dude. It is. I don't know what it is that he does. To it's me, freaking magic. To me, if I were to, if I were to say the one thing I just, I that that I put when it talked about Tarantino, one thing I put above all is his dialogue. I mean, the way he, oh, the, way, yeah. the way he crafts a conversation. Yeah. So I don't know. I look at that as weird, man. I look at that as because I'm with you. I, yeah. I, I love it, but it's also to me, it's very twelve year old. Yeah. But somehow. It's sophisticated on top of that. I don't know, so, I, I don't know what you mean by 12-year-olds. Well, so he drops the N-word left and right, uh-huh. right? And it's it's very um, immature, and, mm-hmm. and it's like fart jokes, you know what right, I mean? Right. But somehow, there's a there's a level of sophistication that's layered on top of it that, that kind of makes it work. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, so most, I watch any other movie and they do that, and I'm like, Phew. 
yeah. cheesy, you know. But I don't, I don't get that reaction from Tarantino's mm. movies, and I don't know why. I really don't. This well, is the, this is the part that he, he gets. He gets the most out of an actor, and if they're mm-hmm. good actors or great actors, he gets a lot out of them. Yeah. He really yeah. does. And I DiCaprio mean, is a great example of that. Sure, in this movie. Or, you know, another great example is Travolta and freaking Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, here's a guy who oh, he was on. Yeah, he was nowhere. He at was that nowhere. Point. Does yeah. Pulp Fiction? Yeah. Gets a little flame and does Battlefield Earth and gone again. <laughs> 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 like, how fast like, can you tank your career yeah, i know it's like it's like what i mean hey, you know, tony we're off topic again what do you know oh i know uh, anyway uh so what what else did you, was there other stuff you liked yeah or i got you, okay all the hippies all the hippies are like great huh? in that movie all yeah. of them um yeah super good yeah um I, Set design. I thought the set design oh, was amazing. It's in that like movie. I said, it was that yeah. was a character unto itself. Yeah. It is so clear yeah. that ter- yeah. so so it's a love it's a love uh letter to Hollywood. Like that's been mm-hmm. that's not mine. That's yeah, what yeah, everybody yeah, says. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a love letter that a lot of people could give a shit about. Yeah. Nobody cares, yeah. you know, nobody cares. But but there there's no green screen in this movie. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um so that was good. Um the sound. Not, mm. not, I'm not talking the music. Like Tarantino's famous for that, using right. cool music and Which stuff. Which he and, did. And he did do that in here. But yeah. I'm talking about the actual sound. And I noticed right. this in Maverick, too. So maybe maybe that's that's becoming a, a more prevalent thing. I know they've always paid attention to sound. They pay the sound guys a lot of money, and they, they craft it and all of right. that. But for some reason, it seems to me like sound is getting a lot better in movies. And it's, and it's the clarity and the natural... Mm-hmm. This is a crappy word, but the naturalness... Of the sound that's in the film, right? Um, it, you know, a lot of times, um, especially I'm thinking about movies from the '80s. It's too quiet um, outside of the dialogue and stuff. If there's no soundtrack, if they're like just somebody walking around the house or whatever, right? This the sound is not real. It doesn't sound and feel like it's natural. And in I don't know. In the, in the last two movies we've done, this and Maverick, I thought it was it was both super good. Mm-hmm. Music, of course great right um, and then yeah i already talked about the camera how good the camera camera work was yeah he seems to find uh uh he seems to find uh music for his for his movies that isn't they're not deep cuts but they're not the most popular cuts either mm-hmm. you know they're right there in the middle you know like where you're like oh, yeah, i love that song mm-hmm. you know and i know that mm-hmm. song was popular yeah steeler's wheel yeah, yeah I mean, big yeah. time or yeah. Or uh, Son of a Preacher Man and, yeah. and, uh, and Pulp Fiction, yep. things like that. So uh, what did you not like? Um, <laughs> okay, here we go. The story. Okay. Um, really? Like, oh, um, I don't even, it's, it's hard to express. Did you not, you not, you didn't like the fact that it took place during the Manson murders, is that what you're saying? Or the fact that he changed the, uh, changed the history? Yes, that's what I don't like, that he changed the history. And, um... And I think my opinion is probably not very different than a lot of people's in the fact that in some ways that was disrespectful, right, right to Tate and all the rest. Um, but what what bugged me was, I don't know, it's like a story. You, you get this really cool, complicated story, and at the end, the guy wakes up and it was all just a dream. Mm-hmm. That's what this was like to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know the history of that incident, so... I'm watching it. I didn't realize, like I said, I didn't see very many trails. I didn't know that that's what it was about until right. he went up and he and, and they met Tex at the ranch. And then I started to put it together. I'm like, oh, this is the Manson thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, when the hippies drove up and he went out there and yelled at him with that freaking picture of Margarita, which I thought was a great scene. Right. Uh, I'm thinking like, oh, shit, man. You know, this is about to go down. Right. And then... When the hippies walked up, I noticed right away that they walked up the wrong driveway. Right. And so I was thinking, like, huh, that's weird. And then all of a sudden, they go into Brad Pitt's place, and I'm thinking, like, bullshit, man. Right. You know, and then that was it. You lost me at that very point because I kept, I mean, there was great building of tension. There was all of that stuff was great. And then all of a sudden, it's not what it what kind of was meant to be, in my opinion, for the whole lead up of the movie, and then it, I, I loved the scene, you know, Brad Pitt and, and all of the way that he dealt. All that stuff was cool, but it was like two different movies, right? For me, you know. Okay, so so my thoughts, uh, and not that it justifies it. I will say that uh, 
that Tarantino did check with the Tate family before he made it. He's like, this is my plan. Awesome. Yeah. So, which is, again, doesn't, yeah. doesn't yeah, change yeah. it, but it, it is, yeah. you know, there, there, he did have concern that it would, that it would be viewed that way. Yeah. And he, and uh, even though Sharon Tate clearly can't comment on it, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but he did, uh, you know, he did try to try to cover it. I, I think ever since Inglorious Bastards, you just kind of know that Tarantino's capable of doing things like this, you know, where he's able to, he's going to take history and he's, uh, uh, like I mentioned with uh, Last Jedi, they're subverting expectations that I think is a good thing and a bad thing. I, I did, I, I was okay with it, okay? Mm. It, did, it didn't frame the entire movie for me. I will, I will say right now that, that if I were to stack this up in my Tarantino movies, okay, like what my favorites are, this would be third or fourth, Okay. This is this is where I would put Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oops, this is where I put Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood, okay. uh, and, and you know Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction one two, uh, and I, I'm going to go and take a take a, a, a controversial standpoint. I like I like Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. I love Hateful. I love Hateful Eight. Okay. Yeah, I liked I liked it better than um, than this in terms right. of story. Right. I liked the acting in this better than any other movie he's made. Yeah. I thought Brad Pitt and DiCaprio just totally killed it in this movie. Yeah. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would be would be third or fourth. It'd either be Hateful Eight or this one. And uh, and but the I, when I first watched it, it was probably lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more I kind of revisit it, the more I'm, I I like it. Mm. Uh, Kind of for the reasons I mentioned, where anytime I go into a Tarantino movie, especially now, mm. I watch it with this kind of, with this kind of uh, when are the wheels going to go off the bus? You know, mm-hmm. not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're yeah, when, today, when is shit going to come unglued? We, we, yes, we, were talking, like, we were talking yesterday about the the Gimp scene in yeah. Pulp Fiction. You go back and watch that now. You're kind of like, this is funny. At the time, it, it was, was the, it was a what the fuck you yeah. know is going on, yeah. especially for my young brain at the time. Yeah, yeah. you know, I was only four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mom, should to, I be watching this? She goes, to, to be, "You've had enough blues clues. Shut yeah. up." Anyway, uh, <laughs> to be fair, Tony's only eight right now. I'm only eight. Yeah, I'm yeah. A very in terms of yeah, know, I'm like the mental age. I, I like your discussion about eight. I like your discussion about the the girl. I'll have to go back and revisit that. But yeah. uh, uh, anyway, uh, so I I I think is is when we're when we're when we're talking about. The Tate murders and Helter Skelter, and I know something that you you even talked about your interest in that. Uh, uh, but uh, right when we, when we're dealing with a Hollywood that doesn't exist, when we have like a Rick Dalton and a Bounty Law and actors and actresses that don't truly exist, and a fight with Bruce Lee that never really happened, and uh, and so forth. I, I was kind of aware that that he could he was he was probably going to change things you know mm-hmm. or there was there was going to happen. I think the 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 fact that the the that it did end the way it did and we'll touch on that in a minute because it is something. Uh, but but he changes history is in the title you know in that it is a this is a fairy yeah, tale. Upon a time, this yeah, is a fairy tale mm-hmm. right? And I I also think that he looked at what happened with with Sharon Tate and. And uh, you know Jay Sebring and Jay Sebring was that the guy's name? Uh, the uh, yes, and uh, and and so forth. The people that were murdered, you know, he looked at that such a travesty, and the fact that uh, that Brad Pitt, you know, curb stomped him and everything like that was his way of like getting some sort of maybe retroactive revenge on that horrible crime. Mm. And that's a and, statement, yeah, yeah. And I and I do respect that, uh, but uh, but I don't know, I. That well, let's go and talk about it. Uh, okay, let's go. So, let's go talk about the fact that that what happens for those that haven't seen it is is uh, when the when uh, Tex and uh, what's this? What, it wasn't uh, who are the other the other uh, uh, Sadie yeah. and the redheaded uh, uh, girl come come up to the house instead of going up the driveway for where where Sharon Tate was because. Because uh, Rick Dalton had attacked them, or verbally uh, verbally accosted them, they decided they were going to go to Rick Dalton's house. Yep. Yeah. And so, so they go into Rick Dalton's house, and at the time, Brad Pitt. Well, Rick Dalton was in the pool, uh, just listening to some music, <laughs> listening to Red Baron. Yeah, that was funny. A whole another cool scene. Uh, it was, but he's listening, and so he's got a headset, so I can't hear anything going on. They go in the house. Uh, Rick Dalton had smoked a cigarette laced with LSD, so he was tripping. And Rick Dalton, um, Cliff, uh, Cliff, Cliff Booth, yeah, Cliff Booth, and and uh, and recently, uh, Rick Dalton had gotten married, and his new wife was in the house, and she was sleeping in the back bedroom. It was it was a very similar setup to the the Sharon Tate situation, mm-hmm. where you know they were they were clearly weren't expecting 
anybody to come in the yeah, house. Midnight, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they <laughs> make it a margarita, a blender of margaritas at midnight, which is glorious. Yeah. So, uh, so they kick the door open, and uh, oh, and and uh, and uh, Cliff Booth has got a pit bull named Brandy that mm-hmm. he's got very well trained, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he has an interaction with uh, with uh, so so Tex points a gun at him. And uh, and the girls come in and they're about ready to start murdering uh, Cliff, and they pull the wife out of the bedroom and they're gonna they're gonna murder them, and uh, and and Matt, uh, Brad Pitt's character is tripping, and uh, I love, but they they have this dialogue. As a matter of fact, he points the gun at him and he makes the statement about yeah. I'm the devil I'm here to do the devil's work. That's what actually supposedly was actually said. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and. Uh, 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 Cliff, so Brad, yeah, Brad Pitt like points his finger gun, and, and he goes back at him. I yeah. love, but some of the stuff he says is yeah. so, but it's so Tarantino, like because yeah. uh, he had met Tex at the Spawn Ranch, which yeah. is another great scene. Yeah. And he says, uh, "What's your name?" And he says something like, "I'm was, a, like a I forget." He goes, "No, it's stupider than that." <laughs> <laughs> What's your name, Roy? No, it's stupider. No, than yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Rex, Rex or something. Tex, just kill him. Tex. That's it. Last time I saw you, you were on a horsey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. right before uh, Tex shoots him, uh, 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 Cliff six Brandy on Tex, and then all hell breaks loose. Mm. And into that, and that was the point I was going to make that, that that to me that may you know you mentioned oh things kind of things you, you, the movie kind of lost you at that point that kind of saved it for me at least because mm-hmm. because it was just that Tarantino shooting the guy in the back seat mm-hmm. the gimp mm-hmm. getting out uh, you know the the all that stuff the shootout and the yeah, glorious the bastards ultra and the, and, violence and, yes yeah. and uh, and I, I'm going to say something controversial here in a minute but uh, but he six brandy on on text then he six brandy on Sadie and uh, and uh, and he's tripping and. And uh, then, like the uh, the I can't remember the, the redhead character's name. I can't get, I don't have it on my mm, notes. But same. but uh, she ends up getting thrown on on Cliff, and her knife sticks into his leg. Mm-hmm. And and I think this basically kind of maybe puts him over the top. But he he assaults her. It comes uncorked. It man. comes uncorked, yeah. and he starts. Here's my controversial thing. We live in a world now where. A hundred and five pound woman beats up a two hundred twenty pound man on on, on a regular basis. On a regular basis, yeah. this is how it would really play out. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is how it would really play out if a hundred five pound woman tried to attack a two hundred twenty pound strong man because mm-hmm. he beats the living shit. He out of her. eviscerates her. Yeah. He takes her apart in the most over just so violent mm. way. But you can't help but to watch it and just kind of you kind of gleefully <laughs> yeah kind of gleefully watch it, and then Sadie who's still being torn apart by uh, by yeah, Brandy pitbull, yeah by she picks up a gun fires off a shot Brandy runs away, and then she goes out and crashes through the 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 back falls in the pool, on fire on, well not on fire yet. Oh, that's true. She's yeah, she comes fire, out yeah. she's on fire yet. But when she falls in the pool, uh, she's bloody mess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rick, his headset falls off. She puts the gun in the air, fires off around. And he goes into uh, a tool shed where he keeps a flamethrower. Yeah, from a out, previous movie that from, he had done. Yeah, from yeah. 14, 14, the 14 Fist of McCloskey yeah. and lights her on fire yeah. with the flamethrower. Tortures her ass, yeah. It's a great scene. Yeah. So i got to say, like, so the whole that, that whole scene by itself, that was awesome. It I was. was. I would say it was classic Tarantino. I loved right. it. But once again, I, I was I was disconnected from it at that point. because right. Because it wasn't the Tate murders. Well... I guess that's the simplest way to put it, but to me it was it was like a, a letdown, you know? It was like, a, a, wait a minute, we've turned a corner, you know what I mean? And, and we've turned the wrong direction. That's it, how I felt. Okay. It's like it's like that whole, you know, you know, great, awesome story. Guy gets married, has a beautiful wife, great car, great job, and he wakes up, and it was all just a dream. He's still a bum. And it's like, that, what? None of that makes sense. Why would you even tell that story? I don't know. You, you know, know, that's how that's how I took it. Yeah, I, I so I, I I appreciate the fact that it was a fantasy. You know, fantasy mm-hmm. that took place kind of in the we had had, had a, a foot in reality and a foot in fantasy, mm-hmm. and you know the the you know I think I think he just did a great job of of that nineteen sixty nine Hollywood. So many things I loved about it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, time I would love to love to have been just around, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and he was able to move back and forth between those two things, and it, to me, it just made sense, you know. And and that 
that you know the all the stuff with Sharon Tate in there where she goes see goes and uh, I, admittedly maybe a she little saw over, her movie yeah. yeah saw her movie maybe it was a little overly long but but you know she's this beautiful person mm-hmm. she you know she she is the princess of this fairy tale right mm-hmm. clearly you mm-hmm. know she is somebody that did not deserve to die you know uh, at least in at least in this reality mm-hmm. I, I don't know you know mm-hmm. but uh, she didn't deserve to die she needed a she needed uh, you know a knight in shining armor to save her mm-hmm. and. Uh, and it turned out to be Cliff Booth mm. and Rick Dalton, even mm. though they they are not all that shiny, They're somewhat buffoons. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and and in the last scene, you know, I know it's you know you're going to say a little hand fisted or on the nose, but that whole scene where where uh, uh, Cliff goes away in the ambulance, you know, and mm. I, and I think that was a bit of a separation between those two. Mm-hmm. He goes off, uh, and uh, and and Rick, you know, meets Jay and talks to Sharon over the speaker, mm-hmm. and, which was another great set of dialogue very mm-hmm. very short but he's talking but it was very funny mm-hmm. and but not not didn't try too hard the gates open up he goes through the gates mm-hmm. and he goes up to be with sharon right a lot of symbology there because I mean, I mean, they, so. they show you the whole movie they show you how tough cliff is he beats up freaking uh, bruce lee for christ's sake then at the end of the movie he gets taken away in an ambulance so i mean yeah he's basically he's done the story's over for him yeah yeah That's and what do you think about uh what do you think about that scene with bruce lee that was pretty funny. It yeah. was good, yeah. yeah. I guess it was it's good character development, you know, for for the Cliff character. I thought right. it was good character development because you get the you get the point all along that right. he's a no bullshit kind of guy. Right. Um, but then you know to beat up like supposedly the the greatest fighter in the world and that, that puts him over the top. Well, you know? it was, but it's Tarantino ish as well. I I liked that you you can kind of see the way his brain works too in that fight because he's mm-hmm. like I'm gonna let Bruce have the first pop mm-hmm. and just see what he's like mm-hmm. you know and and then I, I'll adju- and that 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 was kind of a Cliff Booth thing right mm-hmm. he lets Bruce get the first pop mm-hmm. and he's like okay I know how to adjust this. I'll make an adjustment I'll yeah. make adjustment and then and he throws him into the Lincoln yeah you know and uh, I thought the the Zoe Bell character was funny the wife how mm-hmm. she hated him because he killed killed his wife okay so this is where this is where I'm going to disagree with you yeah. I hated that character the Zoe Bell character I hated um, uh, Kurt Russell in this oh did you it was a terrible ter- uh, why nothing, why nothing about him and his acting or the character that I like right. I thought it was like 100% thick cheesy yuck I didn't really? like that yeah no uh, I, I, no I subtlety know. at all um well I, I I think I don't I don't know I mean I'm I'm not a uh, guy who hires stunt court stunt teams yeah, no, here, no, but, I, but I get that but yeah, uh, but, uh, but I mean you needed you, I, I there was interesting there was interesting choices that Tarantino made in that there was th- things that they they talked about but there's also like the flashback because that whole thing was a flashback, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, by the way, Kurt Russell, uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, I like yeah, Kurt I love Kurt Russell. Russell. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. But uh, matter of fact, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, not a fan of Death Proof. The only thing I liked in Death Proof was Kurt Russell. There, any scene where Kurt Russell had dialogue was good. Was amazing. Yeah, yeah the guy's amazing. Well, he, he just was did. good. He was good in Hateful Eight, like that. Oh, he yeah, was great. great. Yeah. But, yeah. So, to, to, so let's talk about this character for a second. Like, huh? what did he add? What did he add to this film? Oh, they just well. They need to move the story forward. They need to know why so he, was, he was why why he wasn't hired on. Remember the, the whole thing. Yeah, but, yeah he but, showed up for Lancer, and they uh-huh, were like, yeah, yeah. He, he was there. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the only thing that Kurt Russell really did in this movie, in terms of a character, not uh-huh. Kurt Russell, but the, that character, um, was was move the story forward and give give a place, a location, right. for us to see um, Cliff beat up uh, Bruce Lee. Right. That was it. Well, and also and, now you had to go home see you know see Manson. On the roof, had the flashback, but but where where that was the whole that whole thing was a flashback with Bruce Lee, and mm-hmm. then, but I will also say, and uh, and I think this is I've heard this criticism about this movie, and I and I don't necessarily disagree. It is kind of a Raiders of the Lost Ark in that nothing really nothing really happens, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. until you get to the very end, mm-hmm. you know, and that you like like I mentioned in the intro, this is just a day, this is not a day in the life. This is just a, a time period where mm-hmm. we're observing these characters. Lots of things happen right. in this movie that that uh, that don't really don't really fit anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Fit anywhere else, so yeah, so. I, yeah. So that that yeah, I was surprised because I'm a I'm a Kurt Russell fan. I like yeah. him even as Santa Claus. I thought he was good, but uh, <laughs> although that wasn't Tarantino, I love Tarantino to do a Santa Claus movie. Dude, I heard he's he's thinking about doing a Star Trek movie. It's oh, odd. It's so odd. No, I'm not sure I'd watch that, but uh, <laughs> I bet you would. I would love to watch him do a Santa Claus take his take on Santa Claus. Well, but, I understand yeah. why I would like to see him do a Star Trek movie is for the same reason, bro. Which yeah. is. 
because because it's so it would be so off kilter. If you think about the typical Star Trek movie. It's, uh, I think maybe the reason that I say that is because I'm not a big Star Trek fan, and I probably be. most of it would would be lost on me. Certainly, you know. Yeah, you. So, would, and yeah, then, yeah, there's yeah. probably a big element of that in this movie because I can't stand. One of the things I really hate about Hollywood is how self appreciative it is. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're great. We're acting. oh, it's very. And, and same thing happened when when uh, Dalton's talking to that young girl. You know, they're talking about the importance of being an action. Like, you know what? Screw you. Go right. go go build something. You right. know, go go fix somebody's plumbing. Then you're then you're doing something important. But that's just my take on life. Well, that's and an so, interesting point because I do think, in a way, that that's what moved Rick Dalton forward. Is, yeah, is no, that, I understand is that. that, that mm-hmm. Is that he looked um, and, and I don't think he thought that it was the most important thing. I just think that he was, a, he, you know, and, and we, we've kind of we've kind of split this out. You think might be different, but I always think that the guy looked at. I think he always looked at his craft. He always was like, "This is my craft. This is what I do." Some people build rocking chairs. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, uh, you know, uh, are plumbers. Some people are mm-hmm. air conditioning repair guys. You know, he didn't look at this, and and I think that's a a real problem with Hollywood now. Is is you know your craft, you know your your ability to do a job doesn't give you credence doesn't give you uh you know uh, you know an a, a area of expertise any place else mm-hmm. okay like like you know if, if i was an actor you know if I, if I was a dishwasher repairman and i went to an actor's house and that guy and, and some actor was standing behind me telling me how to repair the dishwasher i would tell him to shut the fuck up mm-hmm. okay same for everything else in our world nowadays mm-hmm. actors feel like they they need to to force their but i don't think that 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 wasn't this guy you know, this guy... Yeah, I, I see that. I yeah. see that. But, I, you know, again, back to that, that scene with the little girl. My only point is that I think that he, he probably thought that and felt that and all that stuff, but on somewhat of a superficial level, mm-hmm. and for some whatever words that girl said at this particular vulnerable time for him, it stuck. It, wow. it, it rang the bell for him, and he was like, oh, shit. You know, and so... Um, i got to go back and watch it through Yeah, because he, so, he was so uncomfortable sitting next to her. He was trying to read his book, and, you know, he couldn't read his book, and he kept on... You know, because he was, like, attention-seeking almost sitting next to her. So, anyway, um, so last point I want to make on this is that I think that... Um, uh, I, I Okay, you keep announcing your controversial statement, so I'll announce mine. I think this will be somewhat controversial for <laughs> all six people that probably ever listened to this. Um, I think Tarantino took advantage of his position in this film by by doing what he did to change the history and all of that stuff. Now, you could argue that he did that in Inglorious Bastards as well, but I would say that was probably a little bit of a different scenario. Um, but maybe not, maybe not, maybe it's yeah. the same. But I feel like he he has such power and he, he can kind of do anything he wants in Hollywood, just about anything he wants. And, and he chose to do this and now, again, I didn't do any research. I have no clue what his intention was, but the way it came off to me was he was he was taking advantage of his situation, and um, kind of like drawing you in mm. with a, a horrific event, and then not doing that horrific event any justice. That's yeah. how I saw it. I guess, and and I don't think he's a bad dude, so he probably didn't mean it that way. But that's how it came across. Well, to me. you know, I I don't. Oh well. You know, clearly, it, it, if he it, checked with the Tate family, I mean, that's just what you're telling me. It, then he he clearly he has respect, right? Yeah. And it's not it's not an issue where he's like, "Hey, screw all you guys, I'm going to change the way things happen." And I don't think it that's the way it felt when I was watching it, but I don't think that that was his intent. Yeah, I, well, which so, is maybe so, part of my that's part of my disconnect. A couple of thoughts. I, you know, a couple you know. of thoughts. I, if if Tarantino wants to go in a direction, I'll go with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if he decides that this is something that that I, I you know, like he says. Uh, you know the the you know when he when he takes you know uh, I think he said take advantage or or mm-hmm. you know he, he has opportunities because of what he's what he's delivered and pe- mm-hmm. people give him opportunities to mm-hmm. that's fine because because uh, he's got nine movies those nine movies even the worst one on that nine that that list uh, which uh, you know I'm sure both of us have opinions on that <laughs> still better than a lot of what's out in Hollywood if you watch it there's yeah. there's still you know he, you know his his uh, his worst efforts are still pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, uh, uh, I I think what him him doing him doing the change up. I think there's been lots of uh, of exposés and documentaries and movies and so forth on the Tate murders. For him to for him to go go at it again, or if he would have taken it in that direction, I don't know if that would have added anything to the conversation. I think with him doing what he did, you know, and 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 uh, flipping history 
which he now does since Inglorious Bastards. Uh, I can I can understand your your point, but I'm also like I kind of get why he did it. You know, you know he, you know he just wanted to bring something new to the to the uh, to the discussion, and and also the uh, uh, the. Uh, yeah, the the way he did it, the the way he full throttle Tarantino did it, it it kept me hooked and interested. So so the only know. the only disagreement I'd have with that is that I, I agree that he brought something to the conversation, right? But was it valuable? I don't know. I, I think I, it, so I think it was is, entertaining. It's okay. So on an entertainment level, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, again, going back to that conversation with the little girl, this isn't the this is the part in the movie where they say, hey, it's it's an important role to be an entertainer in life right Right. we bring people joy right or emotion or whatever same discussion you and i have talked about this so many times with music and whatever else so if you're if if you believe that then you need to bring something that actually adds well maybe and then to bring something that's maybe maybe the only thing it adds is a different perspective Uh, and i could i could give him that and then this is again this is just mean it's all subjective but right um I don't think he. I, I think he took away rather than added. Maybe what he added, maybe what he gave was, uh, uh, in 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 his world, in this fantasy world that all of us were allowed to come into. He gave Sharon Tate the beginning of a future that she really deserved. Okay, I'm, that's poetic. Thanks. Did you write that? No. Okay. I said it. I, I, I don't know. I, I think, okay. I mean, no, I don't think, I don't think it's you. So so that's 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 the first argument that that I've heard about this that that I would buy. Okay, I would so. buy that, and and again, so no, knowing what we know about Tarantino being mm-hmm. fans for so long, I I would say that if you had to guess what his mindset was, it was probably something along those lines, sure. if, if not. Yeah, that I, exactly. I don't think my. I mean, I I did not hear that. I'm sure my, my thought that thought isn't unique. You're you know, gonna so. you're gonna you're gonna go back and listen to that later and go like, holy shit, I'm smart. <laughs> <Get to it>. <laughs> <laughs> almost <laughs> for the first almost time whole, in your almost life, almost the whole hour. And that's yeah, so whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so but, and, then, yeah. and then I said, booger. No, uh, <laughs> hey, so real quick, we're coming up pretty quick here. I also okay. want to ask you uh, what your thoughts were on the whole Spawn Ranch scene with the uh, with uh, Brad Pitt. That's freaking amazing. It was. Did you like when he beat up Clem? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was awesome. But you know what I liked, and again, again, I, my whole thing with entertainment. And I don't care if it's movies, music, books, whatever. Is you you got to hook me, man. You got to, yeah. you know. I want I want that suspension of disbelief. That's what I'm after right. because that's what makes it fun, right? We leave our world and we go into your world. And in that particular scene, I was sucked in, man. Oh my god! Because when, especially in that scene where he's standing there talking to old uh, Dakota, Dakota, what's yeah. uh, squeaky? Yeah, and he's like. I'm coming in there, and this screen door's not going to stop. Again, I mean, it's like again, that it's just was, like he is a he, the, the, that Brad Pitt character yeah. in Hollywood was a force of nature. Yes. He just was, and, yes. and, it, and and but nobody was aware. Just like yeah. Bruce Lee found out, and, and I love the Bruce Lee scene because because at the time, uh, like again, the that was her. I can't remember her character's name, but the Zoe Bell character mm-hmm. was like, "You don't need to be beating up on her on her star." And Bruce mm-hmm. Lee was like, "Nobody was beating up on me." Yeah, it's yeah. like, dude, you got thrown <laughs> yeah, into yeah, a Lincoln. You got your ass kicked. <laughs> I mean, you got tossed into a. <laughs> Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, so, by the way, super nice Lincoln. Yeah, just FYI, yeah, exactly. I, I, I can't believe they damaged it. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, no, that, now the whole scene at the ranch was great. It was, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about um, when he finally got inside and woke up. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Spawn. Uh, yeah, yeah. But all the way, uh, leading all the way up to that. I mean, walking down the hall, you know, oh. the way they shot that, the the, the, the rats pacing. stuck in the, the Well, I trap. kept waiting for something to happen. Oh, I, I know. just kept, you kept waiting. Someone's going to jump out and somebody's going to get him. And then nothing it's again, happens. He wakes up the, an old dude. Yeah, you're waiting, waiting for yeah. the get moment. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. For, and yeah. Not only did you wake up the guy, the guy was like, no, I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, he what wasn't are you doing fine. here? Who are you? Yeah, yeah he wasn't fine. Yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, but, was, yeah. Yeah, but what was he going to do? Yeah, exactly. No. Anyway, yeah, no, so cool. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of Tarantino films, it was totally Tarantino film right. without question that had, um, had lots of lines in there like uh, oh, tons like a like a, a again I, I mentioned earlier like the casual there was kind of this kind of casual racism like where remember when uh, they come out of the restaurant and and uh, uh, he's uh, uh, Rick Dalton starts to cry mm. and Brad Pitt was like a not in front of the Mexicans. Yeah, don't let the Mexicans see you cry. Yeah. <laughs> and what then, was that line? What was that line with it when he picked up the chick and she was she was she was offering him sex or something for money. Yeah. And what oh. did he say? He said something like, um, it "Wasn't uh, for money, but he but he says I know I." So you talk about when, when uh, what was her name? Uh, what was a pussycat? 
something like that. Yeah. Was, was the name yeah. of the, the character. character yeah. And he was like, how old are you? That, yeah, yeah, that we're yeah. About? And he yeah, said something yeah. like, I'm, I'm old enough to realize that I don't want to go to jail for like a blowjob yeah. or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'll go to jail, but I'm not going to go to jail for you or something like that. Yeah, yeah something can, like that. Yeah. And then... Uh, uh, and yeah, because there's all kinds of you know, and this this movie does fall in that show don't tell type of uh, type of yes. you know framework. Uh, even though you have uh, uh, Kurt Russell doing some narration, but like like there's the scene on the boat where he probably killed his wife. He mm-hmm. talks about breaking the cop's jaw. But you can't do that without that. Like you can't yeah. do flashbacks without some kind of. Yeah, uh, you know, narrations because you got to explain to the audience what the hell you're seeing. Well, you know what I mean? The narrations were very clipped. They're really yeah, well yeah, done. No, yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, the, I, but like, you know, I, the, it's a movie. I, I I went ahead and bought it on streaming. I'm glad I did. I'll, I'll go back and watch it. Uh, All right, one to ten. Oh, it's a nine for me. Really? Yeah, mm, I'm at seven. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. It's still good. Yeah, and and that, that's maybe even like a seven in the world of Tarantino, right? That's. Yeah, it's a seven Tarantino world, which is a nine in everybody else's world. Right, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, well, I'm even going here. Uh, we'll probably call it there. I, I yeah. was going to say we could probably rank our Tarantino movies. Oh, but shit, dude, we could we could talk about you know Tarantino for days. I so. think this is going to be a gate. This is going to be a gateway Tarantino thing. Yeah. We'll probably we'll probably revisit Tarantino at okay. later time. So I wouldn't mind going back and talking about Hateful Eight because I yeah. think I don't think that's most. I'd have to rewatch that because I, I did watch it and I think I was interrupted and I watched it in two stages. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, but I have to go back and rewatch that. And they actually, uh, yeah, Tarantino does go long uh, with mm-hmm. a lot of like like I mentioned in this just movie. like you and I. Yeah. <laughs> Though there, there there is a scene where uh, uh, Sharon goes into the movie theater and and she's watching a movie, which I thought that was interesting that they used the actual movie. Then my uh, my favorite part of that was that her dirty feet. Uh, that's what everybody says about Tarantino. Yeah. He likes feet. I don't know if he does or not. I like the fact that they were dirty. Yeah, like you know, she's and that was. I remember that flashed me back to our childhood that's, when I walked around barefoot. That's all the time. what somebody said because because yeah. I was I was I was going through posts and people mm-hmm. people were like, oh, Tarantino has a foot fetish, and some per- person said, no, in the sixties, yeah, people went around without shoes on all, all over the, the place. Yeah. yeah, that was just the way it was. He yeah. captured that, yeah. you know, yeah. especially the the women in the dumpster. Yeah. That's yeah, just yeah. the way. It would have been yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah but uh but i thought it was interesting they used clips from her actual movie because there were other mm. things where where uh they showed other people that mm. were mm. you know and they oh for example uh when rick was talking about starring in uh, the great escape mm. and they didn't show the steve mcqueen clip they showed right. they did some sort they of anyway, it, yeah. yeah uh all right so uh before we go do you have we're going to do one recommendation do you have a recommendation that you would like oh, to share with us man i didn't think about this you go first and then i'll come up with something oh okay so i last time i talked about the two that uh, that i liked but i'm going to go and give you one this time i'm going to recommend a, a tv show okay okay uh we're going to really switch it up here i recently watched uh, severance on apple tv mm-hmm. plus mm-hmm. i came out back in february of 2022 if you haven't watched this is an this is uh i know doug is was uh, binging through westworld right now uh, Thanks, uh, shithead. That was going to be my recommendation. <laughs> you can still recommend it if you want. I think most people know about it. Okay. Uh, but with with the, <laughs> so Severance is uh, is uh, if you don't have Apple TV, find somebody who does Apple TV and borrow their password. Uh, That's but illegal. It's not illegal. Okay. So, if it is, you know, do it I think anyway. I think Apple can, go to jail. Apple, call Tony for bail. I don't got to go to jail for that. <laughs> I have the Apple TV police show up. Uh, I think they cancel somebody's membership, but I don't think we're gonna. So uh, just open the door, man. I can make so many jokes. About oh, that. Anyway, so it's about a group of office workers, and I quote IMDb, whose memories have been surgically divided between their work and personal lives. Uh, once divided, their uh, previous memories are maintained with their personal self. However, their work self, which while fully Functional that has no memory of their formal formal self, uh, formal self. It's like they have amnesia. I recommend it uh, again. Talking about Westworld because of its twisty nature uh, of the story, and and it uh, you know uh, uh, it's but like I said, compared it to Westworld, but it, but it ends with the twistiness. It's not about a West Westworld. Uh, it stars Adam Scott, who was in Step Brothers and The Good Place and things like that, and uh, also you got uh, John uh, Turturro in it, Patricia Arquette. Oh, I love him. Yeah, and uh, 
and uh, my favorite Christopher Walken is in there too. So uh, yeah, also it's a, it's a Ben Stiller is the executive producer, and he directs six of the nine episodes, and there is going to be a season two. Great show, super twisty. Uh, again, it's about that whole uh, separation of work and and uh, personal, uh, but there's lots of mystery and 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 so forth. So highly recommend it. All right. Well. Um, since you burst the bubble on Westworld, you we're gonna do a whole. We're gonna, that's right. We're gonna do. We're, we're probably gonna do a whole cat, whole uh, cast on on Westworld. Oh, season so one. Um, yes, yeah, even one. Um, so I will recommend an older film. Um, it's yeah. called Run Lola Run. I remember that. Uh, Nineteen ninety-eight, and um, it's a German movie, and it's subtitled, so you'll have to deal with it. But uh, it's kind of an experimental thriller kind of movie. It about a. A girl on the run. It's weird because they mix in a little bit of animation, sort of like the wall. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm not going to say anything other than that. Run, Lola, run. I'm sure, you can find it streaming somewhere. Definitely. Um, yeah, I thought that was a... Uh, 80s or 90s? Uh, 98. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. I think so. Let me, let me double check. That. I think it was 98. Probably. Um, I just remember. I, probably so. Yeah, probably. Um, let's see. Run, Lola, run. Da, da, da. 1998 German experimental thriller film. Nice. Yeah, so. Written and directed by Tom Teichwer, whoever the hell that is. Look sorry. him up, IMDb. Sorry if we butchered your name. But Tom. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Tom. Um, but yeah, movie, fantastic. Oh, that was great. So. All right, as always, uh, thanks for spending time with us today, uh, listening to this podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, sorry, this one did go long. It's a little long. It, it yeah. looks like we're clocking right at an hour. Uh, so, uh, so email us, you know, analogspectrum at gmail.com if you have any questions or you just want to tell us uh, what you like or what you don't like. Uh, you can always tweet at us, same thing, at Analog Spectrum. Uh, we, uh, you can always find us on Facebook, on our group, Analog Spectrum on Facebook. Uh, so always think about giving us a follow, share us with your friends, sell us, share us with your mates. Uh, we're always trying to grow our family. Uh, we don't uh, want a huge following, but it would be nice to uh, get to know as many of you as possible. And that's all I got. Everybody have a great day. See you next time. I think you should record that outro. Yeah, I know. And then just, just run them. Drop it in. Yeah. I would have, I, I would have, as a matter of fact, if I could, I'll do it next time. And also, one other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to. Because you can just do it separate when I'm not even here if you want. Yeah, I'm going to. I probably will.